Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. How many of you know that when you're stretched to the natural level, again, it just makes you all that much more. It makes you that much better. If you lift weights, you stretch muscles, what happens? Muscles get bigger as a result of muscles being stretched. So God is just purposing to stretch our faith muscles in growing us every time we come together. And so we've been looking at what it means to be a steward, meaning a steward is one that takes care of something. And so, if you think about it, just from the standpoint of this weekend that we're serving, obviously it's only the second, but it's the 4th of July weekend, and obviously this is an opportunity where a lot of people get away out of town to just find some relaxation, get restored, get refreshed, right? And obviously God delights in that. We need to purpose to uh, create margin within our time so that we can get away and get refreshed, but coming to church as well, God says, This is why I've also made the Sabbath, so that when you come into the presence of God, that you're refreshed and restored in His presence. And so when you think about it, just getting away and just taking the opportunity to get restored and find some relaxation, it's necessary and it's good for the simple reason that all of us work so hard in life, don't we? Every single one of us. And again, you might be retired, but you're busy about doing something. You know, I I know that there's been times, and you would probably never believe that your pastor would say this, but there was times that I would be critical on my wife and thinking, I came home, you've been home all day long, what have you done? And she's like, try watching three kids. I'm like, how hard can it be? And then, obviously, the roles reversed, and I watch the kids, and she comes home, it's like, what have you done? It's like, what do you mean? Can't do nothing! I meant to do this, but I had to watch kids! And so it doesn't matter whether you're a stay-home mom, all of us are always extremely busy, and therefore it's important for us to take some time to be restored and to be refreshed. And when we do this and we we start to take time to reflect and look at life, we, we soon find out that life goes extremely fast, doesn't it? I mean, time does not slow down for nobody. And I can remember as a young child, you know, my next door neighbor was a, was an awesome man. He always just uh, was an entrepreneur kind of guy, and he always spoke into my life. And one of the things that he always told me, he says, Tony, he said, there's going to be a day when the time flies by so fast. And I'm at that age now where it's like, dear God, it is July I mean, didn't we have snow on the ground yesterday? I mean, isn't that the way that it is? And so again, when you start to look at how fast time goes, it makes you appreciate what God has done for us in this life that we have. And I heard a couple uh, quotes by some individuals as they've been identifying when they got older. Uh, one individual said this. He says, inside of, inside of every old person is a younger person wondering what in the world happened. <laughs> one, one guy said this. He says... Uh, I'm not an early bird. I'm not a night owl. I'm just some kind of form, some form of an exhausted pigeon. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like that. I'm an exhausted pigeon, just running and running. And then I was just watching uh, a program uh, on Netflix just this past week. Uh, anybody remember Little House on the Prairie? Man, I love that show. And then after a little of the house on the prairie went off the air, then that one show came on, Highway to Heaven. Anybody remember that? I mean, it was mid-80s, late-80s. 
And so I started watching that on Netflix. And, and on this scene, there was these older couples that were arguing back and forth. And she said to this old guy, she says, get out of here, you old senile man. And he stopped and he says, old I am. But considering the alternative, old is better. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you know, that sums up life because we're all getting older. And it doesn't matter how old you get as long as you're breathing air. It's better than the alternative. Obviously, we know that we go and spend eternity with Jesus. But nevertheless, God's not called us to lay down in this life. He's continued, uh, his heart is for us to continue to be good stewards of this life that he's given us. Now, if you remember in regards to the definition of what a steward is, we said that a steward is simply a man or a woman, for that matter, that has been given charge of the household affairs of another individual. It even goes on to say that it is a, 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 a role that is of high esteem, that it is acknowledged as being a very important role. And then he also goes on to say that from the scripture standpoint, the Bible says that we have been given the stewardship of the gospel. And so therefore, we've got a purpose to steward this life, steward the word of God. And when you begin to identify that, it begins to tell us that a steward is not about himself or herself, but about the affairs of somebody else. So that being said, we looked over here in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 19. It says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple or it is the house of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Now, once again, we said that many times when individuals hear that statement, you don't belong to yourself anymore, you belong to God. People immediately think, oh dear God, the fun has ended. And that's never what God intended. In fact, a couple of weeks ago, you can go and check it out online, but we began to find out how awesome God is, how fun He is, and therefore, if we truly understood this life that belongs to God, it would bring us happiness, it would bring us joy, it would bring us fulfillment because of this life that God has says, I now have possession of. Now, I find it interesting, and this is just a side note for you just to kind of Put in your memory bank. But if you notice it says. You've been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. And in your spirit. Which are God's. This physical body belongs to God. The spirit man on the inside belongs to God. Did you notice that God didn't say your soul. Or your will. Why? Because your body belongs to God. Your spirit belongs to God. But your mind, your will and your emotions belong to you. Have you ever noticed that your mind, your will, and your emotions oftentimes have a greater effect on your body or your spirit than the others do? It's because you're the one that's in control of those. You know, just a side thought. But once again, the Bible says that we don't belong to ourselves. That if we receive Christ into our life, we now belong to God. Now, that being said, this is obviously Fourth of July weekend. And for those of us that are American citizens, and I'm trusting that we all are in here, but being an American citizen, being that we belong to the United States of America, there are certain privileges and rights that we just take for granted. And when I say take for granted, not in the sense where we uh, 
are short-sighted with them. I'm just simply saying that because we belong to the United States, this is our country, this is our home, this is our nation, then we just have some expectations being a part of the United States, right? This might sound familiar to you. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed with by their Creator with certain unable, unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. As an American citizen, we would say, that belongs to me. That is my right. Well, if that's how we view being a citizen of this country, belonging to this country, then on the converse, the idea of belonging to God ought to stir up some certain expectations about this life being given or being bought by God. If I belong to God, if my life is not my own, then what does that mean? That means I don't have to be in the driver's seat. Right? If my life belongs to God, then I can get out of the driver's seat. If I'm not my own, if I belong to God, then God takes care of things. He's in charge. And if I'm not my own and I belong to God, then God covers the tab. Now, we're not going to get into this. There's so many things that we could really get into some rabbit trails about, but I really want that to sink in. If we belong to God's, to God, then we're no longer in the driver's seat. We can slip over into the passenger seat and say, God, take the wheel. When it comes to this life and the affairs of this life that we so struggle to maintain and to have lifestyle expectations, if we were to say, God, you're in charge, that means you're covering the tab. You take care of the means. You take care of the funds. So if we look at it from that perspective, doesn't it make this life a carefree life? I said, if God is in control, if we surrender to him and say, God, you take the wheel. If we say, God, you're covering the tab. Doesn't that remove the worry, the concern, the anxiety about this life? Well, that wouldn't be responsible for me not to worry. Well, if it's not yours, what do you got to worry about? It's his, right? If it belongs to him, then it's his responsibility to take care of this life. But that's where the rub comes, isn't it? Because when it comes to giving up control, oftentimes through our mind, our will, and our emotions, we're wanting to get a hold of the wheel again. God, I want to steer the ship. Once again, this idea that we belong to God and that God is in control, there's a rub because it gives way for me to get into fear about what the outcome would be. Or really what I'm saying is that I'm struggling in trusting God with my life. And oftentimes the reason that it is is because I want what I want when I want it. Right? Isn't that why we oftentimes get ourselves into trouble? Because I want what I want when I want it. Versus saying, God, what's a good time? Man, I can tell you there's been so many individuals. Now, 
none that I can think of that I've married, but I've married a lot of individuals throughout my ministry time. And there are those, not that I've married, but just people in general that I've seen that have gotten so impatient. I want to get married. i got to have somebody in my life. I'm so alone. And as a result, they rush the process and they get into a marriage that turns into hell. And God meant for it to be heaven. Right? And before too long, what happens? They end up getting divorced, split up. Sometimes kids are the innocent bystanders of it. But nevertheless, in fact, just for that matter, just so that I clarify, did you know that the the Bible says that God blesses the marriage covenant? So you might be here saying, well, that sounded like me, Pastor. Are you talking to me? No, I wasn't talking to you. But in the event that that hits home, know that God says this, that if you got married, God still blesses the marriage covenant. It might be a little bit more work because you made some things happen. But God says, I'll get in your marriage. I'll fix it. I'll make it better. Amen? That was for free. You can have that one. All right. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Jeremiah 29, starting in verse 10. We're talking about the heart of God and this life being God's. Our life, our body, everything about us belongs to God. Jeremiah 29, 10. I'm going to read it from the Message Bible. And it says this. This is God's word on the subject. As soon as Babylon, 70 years, are up, and not a day before, I'll show up to take care of you, as I promised, and bring you back home. Now, let's just stop for just a moment. Did you notice that he said, after the 70 years are up? So, in God's mind, there's always a time frame. And God says, I'm going I'm to make good on my promise to you. But there's always a timing. You're praying to me and you're talking to me and you might want it sooner than later, but I know when the right time is. Aren't you glad that God knows better or God knows best for you? And it's always going to be at the right time. He goes on to say this. Not a day before. He says, I'll show up and I'll take care of you as I also or as you uh, take care of you as I promised and bring you back home. I know what I'm doing. Let me read that again. God says to you, I know what I'm doing. Why does it become a rub in our life when it comes to this idea of giving my life and surrendering entirely to God? Because we think we know better. God says, I know what I'm doing. If you'll just let me have control, if you'll just give me the wheel, if you'll just let me direct your life, I know what I'm doing. And I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you. Not to abandon you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. For when you call on me. When you come and pray to me. I'm listening. Now some of you in here might have been praying for the longest time. And you feel like it's been falling on deaf ears. You feel like God has abandoned you. You feel like God. Where are you at? God says I'm listening. I've been listening to you right from the very beginning. But there's a timing thing here. And maybe the question is, is, have I totally stepped aside and said, God, my life is your own. It's not my own. It belongs to you. You take the wheel. And it might be just in that moment that God says, okay, it's now the time. Now I can purpose to bless you because you've given your life to me. So in talking about this idea of being a steward of this life that God has given us, There's so many 
directions that we could go. And there's so many things that I'd actually love to talk about. But I picked three just to simply conclude the, the, the message series today. And one of the things that is so important for us to do in this life that belongs to God is to steward our time. That word steward means to manage, to take care of, to guard. And God wants us to steward this time. Now, your time is God's time. Have you ever been to the job, went to work, and you punched the time clock? And you're off in the corner talking? And the boss comes by and says, hey, need you to get back to work. How many of you ever stopped and said, hey, buddy, it's my time? Well, if you're on the time clock, it's not your time. It belongs to the boss, right? Well, God says this, your time is my time. Benjamin Franklin said this, he says, Dost thou love life? Then do not squander time, for that is the stuff that life is made of. Mother Teresa said, Yesterday is gone, tomorrow has not yet come. We have only today. Let's begin. Charles Darwin, he says this, A man who dares to waste one hour of time has not discovered the value of life. Come on, you only have one life to live. There's only so many minutes in a lifetime. Some, some longer, some shorter. But nevertheless, what are we doing with this thing called time that belongs to God? How are we stewarding this time? Jesus said this in John chapter 9 verse 4. He says, I must work the works of him who, who that, that sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no man can work. Jesus himself said, I've got a timetable. Jesus himself said, it's time for me to work and do what I've been purposed to do in the day and the time that I have. Because there's coming a time when time has run out. God wants us to be a steward of this time that he's given us. I worked for General Motors for about 10 years. And it was I haven't worked for them probably for the better part of at least 15 years. And so therefore you take 15 years, well in fact you even go back beyond that when I was, I was actually in my early 20s. And I've always been an inquisitive guy to like asking questions. And so when I was working next to these guys, I was like I said in my early 20s, they were probably in their late 30s, maybe into their 40s. And time and time again I would ask these individuals, why are you here? And without fail, every single person that I ever talked to had dreams, had desires, had ambitions as a young man. Several of them were educated. Several of them had degrees. But there came an opportunity to get a job that had benefits. And this is how they always labeled it. It provided security. Now, there's nothing wrong working for General Motors. My point is this, is what has God put in your heart to do? What's the dream? What's the passion? What's the desire of your heart? And what are you doing with the time that God has given you? Because God is the one that births dreams on the inside of you. What are you doing with the time? Or are you letting time be stolen from you because of security? If your time belongs to God and if God is in control, then it's his responsibility to cover the tab. Can you say amen? 
Jeremiah 29. I want to bring this back to your attention again. Jeremiah 29 verse 10 in the New Living Translation says this. This is what the Lord says. You'll be, you'll be in Babylon for 70 years, but then it will come, or then I will come and do for you all the good things that I've promised. So that tells me that there is always an appointed time. But time is always appointed. Let me say that again. There is always an appointed time or season for things to take place. But there's always an appointed time. Meaning, God has given you time to do what you need to do. And there's coming a season that if you'll manage and steward the time that God has given you, there will always be an appearance. There will always be something that shows up as a result of what you've been diligent to steward. Right? I mean, just real simply put, if you're tired, what do you do? You go to sleep. You go to bed. Well, if you've been running and running and running, then you really need a good night's sleep. And they say, you know, a good night's sleep is roughly seven or eight hours. So if you'll purpose to steward your time rather than watching the late, late show and then the late, 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 late show and, and then whatever else comes on after that and then have to get up at six, seven, eight o'clock in the morning, well, you go to bed. Well, what are you doing? You're stewarding your sleep time. What's the reward? Oh, I feel refreshed. I needed that. Right? And if that don't work, man, there's the battle of the wars of vitamins, man. There's Thrive, there's Shackley, it don't matter, there's whatever, <laughs> just to help give you a boost, right? So nevertheless, God wants us to steward this time. Verse 11 of the same, same chapter of, of Jeremiah 29, it says, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. So notice, even when it comes to the time of talking with God, there's appropriate times to talk to Him about it. How many times have you ever felt like you've been talking to God and talking to God and talking to God and talking to God and talking to God? It's like, God, how come you're not listening? He's like, it's not time to talk about that yet. (laughs) In that time, when you come and talk to me, I'll listen. See, God wants us to have a priority of doing what's necessary first, of being a steward of our time. Amen? You doing okay? So to take time with God, I've got to steward that time. And in taking time to talk with God, God gives direction. If my body is His house, then the Master will give direction. But unless I go and take time to talk with him, I'll never get direction. How many of you know that God just wants to talk with you? But it takes time. Now, if you know anything about me, one of the things that I do is I just work. That's just in my makeup. Either I'm working or I'm just dead. That's kind of what, I'm going 110 or I'm going zero. That's kind of how I, 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 there's no in between. And so in the process of getting into this building just over the last several weeks, I've talked to my girls, we were sitting at the dinner table, and as we were talking about just the time that was needed to do this and that, 
My oldest daughter, as we were talking, and again, I was just kind of prodding her for information. One of the things that she said to me, she goes, well, Dad, we'd like you to spend more time with us. We'd like for you to spend more time at home. What was she saying? I want time. My time spent with you, Dad, is time that I want to have quality time. I don't want you just to be in the house, but I want you to take time and manage and steward time so that we can be together. Right? In fact, let me just say this to you. Because God brought this statement to my heart. And then after I meditated and chewed on the statement, it really kind of slapped me upside the head. Because if you don't have time for people, you won't have time for God. Because the Bible says, remember Jesus says this, he says, how can you love your brother that you see? Or, or, or how can you not love your brother in which you do see? If you can't love your brother that you can see, you can't love me. And that really hit home because here I'm doing the work of God. I'm doing the ministry. I'm doing it for God. But if I can't spend time with my daughter, then none of this matters. I can say all day long I'm doing it for God. But if I don't love my daughter and whom I can see, then how can I really say what I'm doing is love for the God who I can't see? So that means that I've got to steward this time that God has given me. Can anybody say, ouch? <laughs> All right, moving on. Before we get too deep, before we step on any more toes. We said stewarding time. Secondly, stewarding stuff. God wants us to steward stuff. If you recall in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 25, I believe it is. God says, I know the things that you have need of. You're wanting to have a roof over your head. You're wanting food in the cupboards. You want clothes. He said, but listen, I know that you have need of those things. Just seek me first. He's saying, prioritize time, manage the time that I've given you, and I'll take care of all the things that you have desired of. Right? But now, he says, concerning stuff, don't use your time so much to try to get stuff. He says, if you'll purpose to manage your time for my purpose, for my desire, the stuff will come. And if we're really honest, how many of you know that the stuff belongs to God? But I worked hard for that. Well, your life isn't your own. So that means what belongs to you belongs to God. Yeah, but I've been wanting that and wanting that and I've been saving up for that. And man, that's my baby. No, it really belongs to God. Really? Yeah. The Bible says that everything belongs to God. But the Bible also says that God gives all things for us to enjoy. Right? So God's not stingy with stuff. He says, I give stuff to you so that you can enjoy it. But keep in mind that stuff, it's all mine. And again, that's where the rub comes in. But if I'll learn that if I'll steward the stuff, it's not hard for God to use me when it comes to stuff. Remember I said that the reason why we struggle so much is because we have a hard time trusting God. Let's just say you made the last payment on the car. You're so excited. Baby, we paid it off. We're now debt free with the car. And all of a sudden you hear this voice on the inside and it says, I want you to give that car to so and so. You're like, devil, shut up. 
But what if God says, listen, I want you to take the stuff that belongs to us. And I want you to bless that person that don't have a car. Could you do it? And if you say no, then the question is, is do we really trust God like we say that we do? Because if God is in control, if God will take care of it, if he covers the tab, then therefore if God's asking me to get something to somebody, then that means God wants to bless me with something better. Right? And so then that also goes on to say, when it comes to the tithe or when it comes to offering, oh, we come to church and they always ask for money. But if my money belongs to God, it's not hard to give money away that belongs to somebody else. If I found Adrian's wallet on the floor and it was full of cash, I'd give everybody some money. And it wouldn't bother me a bit. How much do you need? (laughs) Right? Because it's easy to give his money away. And therefore, if I really begin to understand my stuff, my money... It belongs to God. And if God's asking me to be faithful and manage and steward the stuff, God will always see to it that I have everything that I have need of. Amen? Amen. Let me give you a couple more things before we close. I don't have the time up on the clock. Let me see. Where we got? Let me just check my time here. Oh, we're doing good and you're on vacation anyway. So... You got another 25, 30 minutes, right? No, we'll we'll wrap it up. When it comes to stuff, list a couple more thoughts on this idea. When it comes to stuff, has anybody ever known somebody that hoards stuff? (laughs) I think we all have. And there's a fine line of saving stuff for the sake of it being good. Then it can slide over into this area of poverty mentality. Well, you just never know if I ever have it again. Well, you know, that's good. You know, I might as well hang on to that. I used to do that with wood all the time. I'm a, I'm a woodworker. And so, I mean, I'd have a scrap of wood. I, like, I can use that one day and I'll put it over there. I've got a pile of one days over there that's like a mile high. It's like I've never got back to using that one day. Right? And so we got to be careful that it doesn't get over into this mentality of, of having poverty thinking. And really the base of it is what? Fear. It's fear. But right on the other hand, there is a side of being a good steward of the things that God has given us. Meaning, God expects us to take care of things. Right? So that means, if you believe God to take care of you, He's going to want you to take care of what He's already done for you. So don't abuse what God's given you in thinking He's going to give you better. Well, that wife you gave me, (laughs) she put me through hell. And I treated her like dirt, but God's going to give me a better one. (laughs) It don't work that way. And that might sound silly, but it's true. When it comes to your car, your car belongs to God. It's a tool to serve you and get you down the road. I don't care whether it's a Cadillac, Corvette, or whatever it is. But if you abuse it, if you don't take care of it, if you don't maintenance it, it's not going to have longevity. And when we don't take care of things or steward things, it's really dishonoring to the things that belong to God. Are you hearing me today? And obviously that's a process. When, when, when you go to your house, what does your house look like? 
Is it taken care of or do you just let it be a pigsty? Now, again, I know everybody lives differently. So forgive me if I'm getting out of soapbox here. But your house belongs to God. Are you taking care of your house? Are you being a good steward of it? Well, I'm believing God for a better one one day. So why worry about this one? Well, if you can't take care of that one, you won't take care of another one. Right? So God expects us to steward the things that he's given us. Why? Because if we'll purpose to trust God with the little things, he'll increase us and bless us with other things. In fact, if you remember in Luke chapter 19, Jesus said this. He said, the master comes and he gives money to all of his servants. And the Bible says that he came back expecting that they did something with it. And one of them, all the others made investments and they they reaped a reward as a result of what they invested. One went and took the money bag and he buried it in the ground. And the master was very angry with him. And the servant says, but I knew you was an austere or a very strict man. And so therefore, I didn't want to take a chance of losing it. I just buried it in the ground and it did nothing. What's the moral of the story? God expects you to take care of and manage and steward the things that he gave you so that it will produce increase in your life for the glory of God. And the last thing that I'll share is this. Is the Bible says that if you're a believer... The love of God is on the inside of you. Therefore, God expects us to steward, manage love. Love that is on the inside. In 1 Corinthians 13, the Message Bible says it this way. Go after a life of love as though your life depends on it. Because it does. God's put love on the inside of you. Notice what it says here in regards to love. Because love always sets off a chain reaction. In fact, for that matter, so does a bent-out-of-shape attitude. It sets off a chain reaction. Right? Now, I'll, I'll pick on this guy here. The one that looks like he's, he's mean, like a pro wrestler, that guy. I guarantee you that if I went up and slapped him in the face, more than likely he's not turning the cheek. I can just tell that about him. <laughs> Right? I'm going to get what I gave. And so if you're a bonehead with your family, co-workers, if that's how you do, it's going to set off a chain reaction of return back to you. If we purpose to steward love, it's going to set off a chain reaction. Look at what it says in verse 4. Love suffers long. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. Love does not seek its own. Aha, what have we been talking about? We're not our own. So if I steward love on the inside of me, I'm not thinking about me. It continues to go on, say in verse 7, Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and it endures all things. One of the greatest attributes of love is that love forgives. Wow. Did we have to go there on... Fourth of July weekend? Sure. If I'll steward love, I'm going to choose to forgive. Because forgiveness is not about me. It's about the other person. But when I make it about the other person, it empowers me and God is able to do in my life. Because I choose to forgive. God's, God's love is in us. 
And so therefore, we're purposing to give that love away. That's how we make a difference in this world. That's how we have a marriage that is one to be desired. Is to steward this life. Steward love. And allow God to take control. That's what I desire in my life. What about you? Amen. Come on, let's stand. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I just want to challenge you this morning. And it just seems fitting right now in regards to relationships. If you're here and you're saying, I wish my relationship was different. I wish my wife was different. I wish my husband was different. Remember, your life is not your own. And if the love of God is shed abroad in your heart, you don't have the right to hold on to resentment. I know that's a strong statement, but we're talking about the love of God that is inside of every believer. And if His love is on the inside of us, then you do not have the right to be bitter, to keep record, to bring up the past. Don't misunderstand, I'm not talking about not using wisdom, but you can't keep the loaded gun at the side. Just waiting for the occasion. Because love forgives. Husbands, if you want a wife that will serve you, love you, respect you, and honor you, treat her as though she's God's daughter. And love her. And by default, she'll simply come up and begin to honor you because of that love that you've shed or that you've shown towards her. Wives, if you're wanting more attention and affection from your husband, then make the choice that your life is not your own and honor him and serve him. Respect him even when he isn't respectable. And watch the love of God begin to change the circumstance. Remember, it takes time. It's not overnight. But let's begin to steward this life. Let me pray for you and then we're going to worship God one last time before we leave. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for our church family. That God, we would learn how to steward this life as though it is not our own. That, God, we would totally surrender ourselves and say, God, take the wheel, take the lead, take control. But we want to be used by you. God, help us to be men of God, women of God, that would raise a standard within our house. And allow the love of God to be the banner that waves high. So, God, we thank you that you're doing a transformation work in GBC. Give you all the thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen.
to subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.